Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining me again here by the billabong. Oh, I've just finished up a job up in a small rural town known as Bawilla. It's much like any other mining town in the country, except the locals reported strange happenings at night. Reported not only by the locals, but also by jackaroos, the indigenous, and truckies as they make their way across the land. Well, the story I have for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is a story about a young scientist and her adventures with the Min Min. First of March, 1977. Dear Sir, for the attention of... No, um... Uh, professor... Yeah, yeah, that would be nicely. Um, professor, I'm writing to you in request to seek some travel funds for my end-of-year thesis on the theory of the Min Min Lights in the far Queensland town of Min Min. The name Min Min derives from the small settlement of Min Min, located between the outback towns of Bullia and Winton, where the light was observed by a stockman in 1918. Stories about the lights can be found in Aboriginal myths predating European settlement and have since become part of wider Australian folklore. My plan is to gather evidence that the phenomenon is a local prank or a tourist ploy, much like the Loch Ness Monster of Scotland. Please see my estimated costs attached with a complete breakdown of equipment required. I sealed the letter and dropped it in the professor's mailbox later that day. I waited anxiously for my answer as this thesis was more mystical in nature. I was worried about rejection as I was taking a physics degree. I got my response one week later. I've heard of these tales from my own travels through Queensland in the 1930s and I'm keen to see what actual evidence you can provide. The university, however, is as always on a very strict budget and I will only be able to supply you with the third of your budget. I wish you all the best and expect the thesis to be completed by the due date. I look forward to reading your findings. Don't get lost in the bush. Good luck. Six months of hard saving and some donations from Mum's book club and I had enough for a round trip. A long, bloody round trip over 6,800 plus kilometres. I gulped looking at that figure. Uh, yeah, she's an old girl, but a strong girl. Served uh, one Aussie all the way through Darwin during uh, World War II. She survived the bombings? Uh, yeah, no worries. She wasn't here. Um, I'm taking the car. I took her out and managed to haggle down the price. She was old, but sturdy. The last thing I wanted out there was to break down. 
I had a small amount of camera equipment and sound recording equipment to catch anything that may come my way. I crossed over the Darling Ranges, leaving behind a sleepy Perth city. Nine hours later, I reached Laverton and headed into the Outback Way, dubbed as Australia's longest shortcut. For three days, I travelled along the corrugated dirt track for a total of 2,600 kilometres. My back ached from all of the bumping around and I smiled when I saw the sign for Bulia. I met the owner and asked for a room. Later, I wandered down to the bar where most of the locals had moved on for the evening. I ordered the best room in the state, the owner yelled. He asked, what brings you to this neck of the woods? I was hesitant at first, but I eventually told him I was there to find the Min Min phenomenon. The owner said I needed to speak to Frank. He's been telling the same story for the last five years. He walked into the other room and brought back a little man wearing stubbies and a singlet. He was rolling drunk and sat down, nodded and lit a cigarette which he could barely hold in his hand. So you want to hear my story about the Min Min life? It was the summer of... In 1965, and I was working down the local wine ore mill a few hours north, and I had a few beers, and I was headed back to boil, and my car broke down on the side of the road, and the radiator or something, I don't know, old piece of shit. So I got out and popped the bonnet, and I looked around, as cactus, so I, I turned around and decided to walk the rest of the way to a boiler. And uh, for the rest of the story, darling, you're going to have to be buying me another beer. Cheeky bastard, I thought. So, I bought another beer, and he carried well, on. Well, I was walking along the side of the, the road, and the place was empty for hundreds of miles around. The stars had guided me through the night. It was clear. That's when I saw it. These two lights were off in the distance, coming towards me. Beauty, I thought, a truck! So I, start, I started to wave and then I stopped noticing. Well, I couldn't hear an engine. Nothing, just the wind and, and, and the gravel under my feet. The lights got bigger and bigger as they came towards me and they were moving very fast. I, I couldn't believe it. Angels. Bloody angels had come to get me. I thought I didn't think I'd be seeing angels of the life. I could tell you. Hey, uh, you want to know what happened next month? Another beer, Frank? I asked, shaking my head. Oh, thanks, love. I thought you'd never ask. So, so they came after me. Shooting down the road, and then they shot straight up into the sky. Just before they hit me. I fell on the ground. I couldn't believe it. I got up and looked up and looked about, and there were k- k- kilometres. Uh, these two little round orbs. Like little, like, they were like little pearls. Bits of electricity running around on their skin. And then slowly they came back down, lower and lower. I began to back away, I was shitting myself. And then they stopped horizontally in front of me. Just out of reach. I lifted my hand up and tried to touch one, and they moved away instinctively. I must have stood there for ages watching them, and then and then I and then I sort of just started 
walking. They just had a race. They can't. Well, I, I started to follow them. And hours later, just before dawn, I'd spotted the sign for Bawilla. They guided me home. And then bang, they just pissed off towards the rising sun. Never see them again. You see, everyone here thinks I'm mad, but I was dead sober by dawn. After Frank had finished milking me for beer, I helped the old man into a cab and returned to my little hotel room. I took notes of his experience. He mentioned the old hotel at an abandoned town a few hundred kilometres from here. Funnily enough, called Min Min. That was to be my first stop. I headed out at dawn with my car stocked with supplies for at least two weeks. Three hours later, I came across a burnt out old building. This was the old Min Min Hotel. I stepped inside. The place would have been a beautiful Victorian era pub back in the day, before the fire. The place had operated from the 1880s up to the early 1920s before the fire took her. An insurance job, I'm sure. I noticed a stone staircase built into the wall and walked up onto the roof for a better look. Red and black undulating hills for as far as the eye could see. A single road leading in from the east and winding its way towards the far west. I had planned to set up several cameras hoping to catch these little Min Min creatures. I ran off several shots to test the film and went back down to the car. After dinner, I sat and stared into the fire. Eventually, I drifted off. I woke to a flock of cockatoos screeching in the early morning. They had all landed not far from me and were looking around for a morning meal. I must have startled them as I stood up to stretch and they all flew off towards the west. It amazed me that this place was still so full of life flying in the air and crawling about me, considering how isolated I was. I climbed up the stairs to check on my camera. Tonight, I would stay up here and keep watch. The night was long and cold on the roof. I waited and hoped I would catch anything to either prove or disprove the Min Min mystery. I looked for vehicles off in the distance and used my binoculars and scanned the horizon for any farms. Nothing. The days were stinking bloody hot. I stopped looking at the temperature gauge and hid in the car or in the old building waiting for the sun to drop. I decided to leave out a small bowl of water hoping to see my cockatoo friends again, but they had moved on to greener pastures. My second night was again a complete failure. Hours I waited and watched under the full moon. Nothing. I only had nine more days before I needed to get back. I sat on my bonnet at sunrise, typing my findings. Or lack thereof findings. A single word kept popping into my head, echoing in the professor's voice. Pseudo-science. My thesis thus far had nothing. I had to change my tack to make something work out here in the middle of nowhere. 
A solitary, ragged-looking dingo was drinking out of the bowl I left for the birds. The poor thing looked like he was on his last legs. I walked out from the shadows of the pub, startling him, and he went to run away. He was desperate and I signalled him to come back for the water. I even filled up his bowl with some more water. Slowly, he limped over, growling, but stopped once he began to drink. I opened a can of Spam and plopped it out on a little plate. He sniffed, licked, then gulped it down. His little red tail began to wag. I think I had made a friend. Later that morning, I finished packing my supplies and headed out from the shelter. I decided I would set up my camera further into the desert to hopefully catch the mysterious Min Min. Winds whipped against my face as I made my way up and down the hillside, looking for a spot to set up the camera, always keeping the broken down hotel in sight. I found my spot in the late afternoon when the wind was kicking up badly and dust swirled around creating a haze. It was getting harder and harder to see the shelter. The dust was everywhere. I had to put a cloth over my face to help me breathe. I spotted a small tree and decided to take shelter and wait for it to pass. I picked my spots and set up the cameras in every direction. They shook at the top of the hill, occasionally blowing over. I was hoping the wind would die down before sunset. Hours went by and the sun had set and the night settled in. I stood on top of the hill looking round for my shelter, but I was unable to see it, feeling I was lost. I decided I would have to wait for first light to see better and set up camp for the night. I didn't think I was that far away from the old hotel. I had no idea. The wind settled down. I made a makeshift bed under the small tree. First light, I'll make my way back. I woke up at the crack of dawn, a fly buzzing around my face. The heat was up early. I looked in my backpack and my water was low. I walked up to the top of the hill and collected my equipment. I slowly turned around looking for my hotel. Nowhere in sight. I was lost. I decided to wait out the heat under the tree and preserve my water. I did the best to cover up my skin, which was turning red. I sipped the last of my water as the sun dropped. I was sore and was beginning to feel faint. I had forgotten about my study and was focused on getting back to the camp, my car and the gallons of water that I had dreamed about. The sun set and the night was clear. The stars lit up the land. I shivered in the cold as the wind swept. If the heat wasn't going to get me, hypothermia would. I was startled awake. A strange noise. I crawled up to the top of the hill and saw two little lights on the horizon. A car or a truck. I stood up and tried to call out, but my throat was hoarse. The lights moved slowly, then changed direction. I was saved, I thought. Then, as they came close, the oddest thing happened. I squinted. They moved apart and shot up into the night sky. I fell over backwards in shock. They're real, I thought. I slowly made my way back down and grabbed my camera to get some photos. 
They spun around me, lighting up the little hills as they danced around them like little fairies. The two lights suddenly stopped and began to float towards me. I staggered back and kept shooting until all of the film had run out. The little lights came up to me. It was so bright I had to hide my eyes. The smaller of the two little orbs spun around me, running up and down, sussing me out. I tried to touch the first one, but it moved out of my reach. The two lights slowly moved away from me, and I began to follow them as I reloaded my camera. I tripped and fell over. The smaller of the two hovered down to shine a light for me on the ground as I got my footing. Over the course of the evening, I followed them, and when I was too weak to move and sat down, the smaller one would come closer and rest on the ground with me. Eventually, these little beings led me back to the old hotel. I opened the car door and drank as the two little lights danced around the old ruins. They had brought me back. They had saved me. The little Min Min beings. For the next few hours, I watched as they danced around the hotel and flew up and down, flying so high I couldn't distinguish them from the stars. As the night slowly turned to morning, I smiled and waved as the two little lights retreated over the hills and disappeared in the glow of the rising sun. After another day's rest, I decided to collect my findings and check my notes. I headed back into town for a long bath and then made my way down to the bar looking for Frank. Well, we wondered where you'd gotten to your life. We started to think you're lost. Well, I did get lost, I said. They came to me, Frank, and helped me. Helped me back to the camp. It almost feels as if it were a dream. But I got some photos, Frank. Proof. Proof? Huh. Send me a copy of your love so I can prove these mad bastards I'm not crazy. Aye, we should celebrate with a drink. I agreed, said my goodbyes, and started my long journey back to Perth. I developed the photos, wrote up my thesis, and applied for some more funding. The professor took one look at the blurred pictures and dismissed my findings and refused any further assistance. As one door closes, another opens. I left uni that semester and headed back out to the bush, back up to Bullia. I spent the next 10 years visiting the same site, looking for my little friends, camera ready. But, I'm sad to say, I never saw them again. Hi, and thanks for listening to the episode entitled The Min Min Lights. The episode was narrated by the very talented Sonia Marson, and we'll see you next time by the Blibble.